So we find ourselves again looking at the Easter story. There is something to revisiting the story time after time again. There's something about it that gets deep down in your bones. Hearing it year after year, you begin to internalize it. And then it shifts too. I mean, the story stays the same, but your experience of life, of the world, between last Easter and this one, changes. And so this time, when you've read it, it's after going through the death of a loved one, or the birth of a child, or having moved, or having lived through a year of incredible social turmoil. Even though the story never changes, the story always changes. It morphs and speaks to us in different ways as we overlay our experiences on top of it, as we view it through the lens of our context. And of course we all know the story, I mean, at least the basic outlines, right? Jesus is executed by Rome for uh, crimes against the state. His disciples are crushed, and so they try and give him a decent burial. But Jesus is so rude that he doesn't even allow them by being resurrected and screwing up their burial. Um, And then the disciples go and look in the tomb, and Jesus is gone. Remember, those who first saw Jesus were the women, sidelined and marginalized in that society. But it is to them to whom Jesus first appeared. They had some sort of unique insight into this vision of resurrection. And yet, not everyone did see and recognize Jesus after the resurrection. Some chose not to see, not to see God at work in the world. And those who failed to recognize God's power were those with power and social status, the wealthy, the elite, the aristocracy. They were so opposed to this vision of Jesus that they refused to see the resurrection. They refused to acknowledge the life that was emerging around them. And so we have embedded in our tradition from the very beginning this dichotomy, this tension, where those with power are all too struck with, with a myopic vision, blind to the ways that God is working around them. And those who you would least expect, those pushed to the sides of power, those uh, sides of society without social power, are the ones who are receptive and with whom God works. And so we see resurrection. God at work in the world, coming from the most unexpected quarters. I think as we're thinking about this story in light of our crazy year in our culture, this story can help us reflect on some of these theological themes. Because you have a story about God bringing about resurrection and new life where all we could see is death. And as for us, we see so much death in our world around us, especially in this cultural, political, social moment. We see death in students, kids having to do active shooter drills. We see death in the slaughter of human beings at concerts, in school, in war. We see social death, such as racism, sexism, heterosexism, all around us in ways both flagrant and subtle. We see death and violence, social, emotional, physical, 
inflicted on those immigrants and refugees who are fleeing terrible situations in their countries. We see death in the way that powerful figures, especially men, are able to threaten people into silence and through intimidation and coercion get away with predatory behavior. And the ways that we interact in the world and the communal decisions we make do nothing to dissuade this violence, but at least allow, if not abet, the violence taking place. We live in a world saturated, drenched with violence, with death, and particularly, especially at this particular cultural moment, there is so much death around us. And yet, at the same time, in this very same historical moment, we see glimpses of resurrection swirling all around us. In the very stuff of life, God's death-defeating power glinting from all different quarters. We see resurrection when children are teaching us about what it means to be fully human and to honor the dignity of human life. We see resurrection when courageous survivors are finally able to speak out and insist on justice. We see resurrection in our compassionate embrace of the other, even or perhaps especially when they are particularly different from us. Resurrection is bursting forth from the world all around us, the physical world. It's no coincidence that Easter happens in the springtime, right at the beginning when new life bursts forth. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, the birds have been singing gorgeously the last couple weeks. Uh, We've been starting to see Northwesterners emerge out of their holes and start gardening their flower beds. In the physical world around us, we see this resurrection taking place. God's reminder that the cyclical nature of life, even though death is inevitable, it is not where it ends even though the seed falls from the tree and is buried under the dirt. After a season, there is new life that springs forth. In this Easter resurrection, God is definitively saying that death does not have the final word, no matter what we see around us. Our existential situation is that this nothingness, this death is the ultimate unknown, terrifying, all-powerful, unescapable. And God says, yes, but that's not the end of the story. God is bigger than death. And God's whole being exudes life into the world. God's whole purpose is to bring about life into the world. As the disciples continue down the road of their lives, they experience the risen Christ. And in this encounter with the source of life, manifesting God's self as new life, they encounter transformation. Their lives are changed by this infusion of vigor and potential and life.
Because resurrection means that no matter what it looks like, no matter what people say, death does not have the final word. May you see all around you resurrection, new life, bursting forth into this world. May it be so.